Hello, I'm Andy Rose. I'm a technical advisor for Confidence and Training at IMCA. And I'd like to welcome you to the second installment in our Understanding Confidence series. This one is entitled, Why Use a Confidence Scheme? In our last Confidence and Training article, we considered what is confidence and what does it mean to be confident? We established that there are several components to being competent, all which need to be gained through either formal education, skills training, other learning such as hobbies, and practice and repetition. And these were knowledge, skill, ability, and experience. And we also showed that to be meaningful and valuable, a competent system requires an assessment process to measure an individual's competence against established criteria for the current seniority level. It requires documentation to support and fully record the process and any outcomes or recommendations from that assessment. It requires a verification process to confirm the assessment process has been carried out correctly and in a standardised form for all candidates. And it also establishes a reasonable time period during which the assessment remains valid before further assessment is required. So now we turn attention to the competence scheme and why use one. As with many other work-related processes, creating a logical and well-organized set of procedures greatly assists in the administration and control of all the elements of a workforce competence scheme. Now, the benefits gained from using a workforce competence scheme could be some tasks are required by law to, to have training and assessment. Um, so this would cover that. Um, it gives a standardized approach to competence across the workforce. There would be a competence framework developed for each trade specialization within the business. And each specialization competence framework would identify the individual task competence activities necessary for assessment to carry out work in that trade safely and effectively. The required core competencies uh, common across all the specializations are identified. Additional competencies for more senior levels would be established. Company training and technical requirements for assessors and verifiers would be established. Suitable assessors and verifiers would be identified and nominated, and suitable assessor and verifier processes would be established. And then appropriate monitoring and recording documentation system would also be established. So a standardized approach to competence is necessary to ensure that all the candidates within the competence scheme are treated equally and in the same manner. So let's look at those, uh, those items in a little bit more depth. Uh, some activities, such as flying an aeroplane or driving a vehicle, installing and maintaining gas or electrical system appliances and installation, legally require that an individual undergoes appropriate training, assessment and certification prior to engaging in those tasks. These requirements may include the need for uh, more regular performance checks. Some competencies, such as communications, management and health and safety, are common or core to all frameworks. The depth of knowledge being assessed in these areas will increase as the seniority level increases. Task-specific competencies relate exclusively to the trade specialization and the knowledge being assessed will increase again with seniority within the specialization. The company needs to determine the specific requirements for assessors, such as experience, training and certification. An assessor must be experienced and senior in the competencies being assessed and may be required to undergo specific assessor training. This training may be internal or external, depending on the company processes. The specific requirements for verifiers would need to be established. A verifier is not required to be experienced in the competencies being assessed, but should be of a senior level and may be required to undergo verifier training. This training, again, may be internal or external, dependent on the company processes. 
appropriate documentation to enable the monitoring and recording of the competence assessment and verification process must be established. The main document used for recording competence will be some form of logbook. This is usually a hardback book type log, but increasingly electronic versions are being used. Electronic documents must be secure and tamper proof and would usually have a master document retained on a secure server system. Each individual will own and maintain their competence logbook, which will display their name and personal details. The competence assessment record page of the logbook would typically record the following details. The date of the assessment, the job or task title, a competence code, the assessor name, the assessor company, and the verifier name, signature and date. Now, it's sometimes not possible for the assessor to be present at the assessment location. In these circumstances, a third party or, or proxy witness may be used to observe and question the candidate performing the competence task which is being assessed. In such cases, other forms of documentation may be necessary to ensure that the assessment has been carried out correctly and that the candidate has been observed by a reliable and experienced witness. These documents would form part of the assessment record and may include observation records, questioning records, witness testimony and candidate testimony. The use of such a competence scheme helps to ensure that all competence tasks have been carried out and assessed in a standardised manner and that all candidates are treated equally and fairly without discrimination or favour. Well, that concludes our second instalment. I hope that was useful to you and look forward to seeing you at the next one. Thank you very much.